0: Hey, everybody, it's Chris and Rick Talk Guitars, and we have a special edition today. We are talking to Trevor Boone from hey. Emerald City Guitars, and he is an old, <laughs> old friend, and he's been up to so much since Chris and I have talked to him. It's going to be a great conversation. But anyway, Trevor, how you doing, bud?
1: I'm good. I'm sitting at the round table of ECG alumni. <laughs> you know? It's like, I know, right? We were like trying to hold ourselves back as soon as Rick and I signed it, We're like, what am I getting? <laughs> like so much you know i've known you guys since i was six or seven yeah where do we begin you know. well like... and
0: chris and i always joke about all roads lead to emerald city guitars so it's cool again to talk about to touch base with that touchstone and with you who's just such a become such an integral part of that whole process but um well first of all congratulations on your new daughter lucy
1: Woo, that's the most heavy metal rock and roll thing I've done <laughs> <laughs> how does it feel to be a dad man dude it's awesome um you know I just turned 35 and I, I you know I was raised by wolves and continued <laughs> like the kind of the rock and roll lifestyle for a long time so I didn't I haven't I'm not feeling like I left anything behind I'm like right we, we were ready you know yeah. um, Laura and my wife um, I mean, we've known each other since we were six or seven. We went to oh, dude, picture a of us in kindergarten together. And uh, you know, man, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of balance, but um, it's cool being able to kind of weave both things and just trying to keep it between the lines and you know, water both gardens. <laughs> I love it, dude. Well, talk about
0: you've been up to so much. Let's just start with um the long form content you guys have been creating for the shop. I I really dig it. And you guys delve into the stories behind the gear that you find, Chris. What? what oh, Chris I have a question.
2: Yeah. Would it be cool just to set up for the listeners what Trevor does?
0: Yeah, actually, that's a good. Just idea. so
2: someone listening would just know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So obviously, I've been crawling around guitar stores, and I mean, I think I went to my first guitar shows when I was like six, you know. And I've been—I remember the days the doors opened, all that early stuff. And, you know, fast forward, you know, now, whatever, 20 something years, almost 30 years I've been doing That's this, insane. but I w- wear a lot of hats as everybody kind mm-hmm. of has to do in a, in that ecosystem of a small business or shop. But, you know, I, I really focus on, it's almost like A&R for record label, like a lot of like relations with these collectors, with these bands. And I, I specialize in kind of selling like the, the top tier stuff. That's um, cool. I don't hate selling other stuff. I love the funky, cheap guitars, the three-legged dogs. But, (laughs) man, I want to go after the crazy shit that I've been reading about my whole life, you know, and looking at pictures and all that. So I've really kind of focused on that stuff. And, I mean, you guys know the operation. Nobody's on commission. It's all, like, finding stuff. We want people to be freaking stoked. So it's finding the coolest guitars for guys. Collectors are playing, figuring out what they want. Basically curating their collections maintaining their collections appraisals hunting finding obviously running the shop now when we do the content i manage all that so it, it's a lot but I, I i like to do a little bit of everything but really what keeps like the doors open and and, and why i'm best put is like boom on the road hunting and digging for cool shit you know yeah. that's so cool dude But I mean, totally, totally credit my staff and my old man. It's a total team effort, you know, and I wouldn't be able to do any of the cool kind of fun showy stuff without an amazing team behind me.
0: Did it kind of happen organically or is it something you and the old man kind of discussed as you became older and more interested in, like you said, like finding that stuff?
1: That's a good question. You know, my earliest memories were being just a punk ass kid at the guitar shop, sitting on a (laughs) stool and and getting, learning (laughs) what to do what not to do honestly listening to yeah. artists I mean guys like Terry Terrell I listened a lot to what was going on what was cool what attracted them what not to play in a guitar shop what licks are <laughs> when, you know what they, when to so stop scary. playing and so I had a lot of years of just like just kind of intake and absorbing a lot but I mean yeah. I always you know, back in the day, I think the most expensive guitar we had, I remember hearing about an $8,000 gold top. And you're just like, oh, what's what's that about? Yeah. And so there's always, always fun finding guitars and the right matches and stuff. But shit, it's cool when you're dealing with a burst or a dumble yeah. or a one owner 56 strat. And that was the cool stuff to get, the cool yeah. stuff to transact. And I really started going after that with kind of the integrity of a small shop Started from nothing. Before my dad opened the door, it was like, you know his story. I remember, man. We yeah. had we were on food stamps, you know. So there yeah. was like the the glitter of kind of high gear. It was just cool, man. <laughs> I was giving yeah. you a ton i kind of chased that and uh obsessed about it and went after it at an early age you know i love that dude
2: well could you describe a recent road trip guitar procurement i can't say that word but a road trip recently that you've done and give people an idea of the sort of thing that you do to get yeah. these guitars oh, that's a great idea because i've seen pictures and it looks really cool
1: yeah man i really will chase any lead you know no stone left unturned kind of thing for example there's kind of two ways. There's a lot of stuff that like I'm just going off and doing by myself. And there's stuff we choose to kind of document, you know, as, as these long stories, but there's kind of two versions, three of our YouTube channel. It's like, we have demos every day. That's just kind of like, here's, we're going to try to represent the guitar quick talk. Um, in 2020, I didn't know what the hell was going on, dude. We were like, I was the only one going down the shop. I didn't want my old man going down. We we're like, what, we're going to die. Like what's going on? So I would go down there solo and pack up guitars, answer emails. And we kind of like, we we did like the appointment only, which gave us a lot more control of stuff. Eventually freeing me up enough to be like, hey, like the next couple of days, wh- why don't you come on the road with me and bring a camera? You know, let's see how this goes. I just felt like, man, everything's kind of on pause. How are people going to see our guitars? How are we going to get guitars? Are people coming down to the shop? So we, I kind of pivoted things to like one thing I know is going up is content. So I started taking Can up on these on these trips, and they were anything from finding guitars in the whole, you know, from getting to the airport to digging to hanging with the family, diving into the story, and bringing them back, and more of a history thing. So we did a lot of that. Then we do the guitar V, where we we have bought a used RV and. Uh, go around the country and it's absolutely insane. You know, we put like 12 days into a 17 minute video. It's just, in, it's just crazy, you know? So the idea of that is a, just to kind of like, I really did feel like our operation is unique. I go to every guitar shop, I see everything. And I just felt like we had something special. Uh, and at the very least, it was honestly, we, you know, Rick, you and I did all of us talk about, I oh, remember this, remember that. And you're just yeah. kind of go, out. I was like, man, yeah, let's bring a camera and kind of like, because you're kind of collecting people too in a way like these and those that sticks with you and i wanted to show people that as well so the videos are all over the place man they're centered around guitar but it's really like the weird ass places you probably shouldn't be that end you to find an old guitar and but then the amazing people behind it and also how hard it is to kind of find some of this stuff you know i mean when you get a guy who's like day one it, it lists and he wants, you know, wants it for cost. You dude, no, like, right. look, look what I just, I had, was up for <laughs> 12 days, to, you know, planes, trains and automobiles trying to find this thing and just kind of showing a little bit of effort on all parts.
0: I love it because it sounds like, again, it happened organically, right? You're trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to make this work during the pandemic and all the shit did. that's going it was, down there?
1: Well, Ken, like I've known Ken since we were kids. That's so cool. I worked at guitar center with him. I was like 18. I'd already been working at a job. I was like, just like, you know, sweating from the mouth, selling everything. So, <laughs> who is this kid? He's 18. And And Ken started working there and he was in Pro Audio. And I was really, you know, I worked in studios for a long time too, built a studio, like full on deal. And Ken was like a total tech techie head. So I was always calling him, Hey, what do I do? What should I do with that? I knew he was wired like that. And he eventually kind of, Got into video. When he first got a camera, he called the shop and was like, Can I come down and film? And you know, we're like, Yeah, yeah, next Tuesday. Oh, that's cool. Then we totally forgot that, you know, you know how Ken goes down <laughs> yeah, there. You know, yeah. grand plans and the door opens. So Ken started coming down. We totally forgot. And we didn't help him at, you know, no help to him. We just like walked around and filmed the chaos. So those early days of reality of the ECG, that was just like, it, they're insane, dude. They're like the <laughs> offense. So flash forward 10 plus years later, when I was just kind of going, what's next? You know, it's like, dude, content, people aren't going to want less. It's not going backwards. And I just, it was a lot, it was a big move to take him on. And uh, it, it's it's been amazing. I mean, it really helped us, gave us another avenue for sales and rep- representation. During COVID, when you couldn't come to the shop or hear that guitar, yeah. But then this whole other side of taking them on travel, super organic, supernatural. And, uh, it's just, it's just become a cool thing, man. We love it. We still love doing it. And that's the important thing. The thing that I
0: dig about it is we all, you know, all guitar players talk about the stories behind the guitars and, you know, all the, the history and all that stuff. But I love the fact that you talk to the people and, and the stories behind the gear that you find. And those stories are so compelling and so moving to me. Like I remember watching that one where that woman's husband died and he was in that band called peanut butter or something, or it's yeah. crazy shit. And he had this cool gear that was in great condition and she wanted it to go to the right place and talk about like how you form relationships with these people and gain their trust and
1: r- build relationships with people through this gear. It's like, I mean, that's, that's how I was raised. That's what I watched from observation. My old man just like, I mean, he's, he's my hero and I've seen how he treats people. And yeah. it, it's just, that's just how I, how I operate. I love it. And you know, these are such intimate items, guitars. I mean, there's so much there that is equally important as the instrument It makes instruments cooler. It can make them worse. That Christie thing, you know, it there was something weird happening when we first started doing these and um. I'd basically, you know, we'd, we'd show up to these places and I'd always kind of stop. And and like when we're in the Uber, it's just like, take a moment and be like, all right, this is not about me, you know? And it's like, this is, I'm i I'm so lucky to be able to do this. This is not about me. Let's just take a moment, like almost meditate on like what we're walking into and just stay open to it all. And we would do that every time. And, uh, weird shit would happen. Like that Christie thing. I mean, that was a, was a real trip man and just like a brief summary of that whole deal i got this number of this gal she'd been talking to everybody you know all the big shops and guys were blowing her off left and right and she had a good offer locally from this guy who i now i know who it is he's awesome dude and uh and it was this really cool seamless thing it was her husband who was in a band for a long time you know and he had passed away and had left these cool pieces so we ended up getting out there in Arizona and I ended up finding the old band members. She hadn't even met them and got them all together, which was crazy. And we do this whole deal. We're singing the records. We're listening to the guitar. <laughs> we put together this party. I interview her, how these things work too. Ken's running the camera. And I just kind of uh-huh. sit like this. I'm like, just talk to me and I'll ask questions. And it's totally, I have nothing scripted. We're just talking like this. That's and so cool. She goes... You know, tomorrow will be four years since he passed away. We don't have family, so we never had a memorial. And uh, uh there's never really closure for her husband's death. And she just was like the hearing that his instruments she made friends with the band members. Why it just was like, dude, it's so so, cool. so much bigger than I am. Yeah. These things kept on happening and they still continue to. You just kind of shut up and listen. And so I get into that shit, you know. Yeah, I know, dude. I think these, these people kind of realize a few minutes in like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that whole, that whole deal, man, is just like, it's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. You know, when like you're, if you ever do a vacation or something with like other people or, or, uh, you know, and it's one thing when people get separate hotel rooms, but when you're stuck in a house, it's all, yeah. like, everybody comes out kind of looking like <laughs> each other and <laughs> Now, we're like man that was the way to do it. we we dreamt you know we've done all the hurts the u-hauls the every freaking way you can think about getting guitars across the country and all this crap and we always had this dream like man we maybe we should just get an rv you know and i don't know if it's paid for itself or what but it, you save up yeah. hotels and all this shit but it's like like those days are just you go from a freaking 100 mile per hour la crazy shit to all of a sudden <laughs> on the top of you know up in the hills of ashland oregon where There's
0: the the monetary shit, but there's the stuff you just talked about that you probably hadn't anticipated, like you becoming so much. I mean, you dad are close anyway, but just the relationships you form with your dad, it becomes stronger. And probably with the other people, you know, you probably get on each other's nerves and shit. But after the dust settles, you're like, fuck, you know, I'm tons closer now to all these people than I was before. And we've got all these stories among us. And I just think that's so fucking cool, dude
1: it's cool man and we we come back like and again i credit just this is what i saw and was raised on about how to treat people how to do this like yeah. i i know this business freaking inside and out like every trip there's something we collectively come back when we are dropping to seattle and you're just going we did something good yeah like i said 90 percent of the these people don't want to be on camera and stuff like right. that but Dude, there's hard conversations, there's tough goodbyes. As soon as we lose that, that's when it's like, it's over. But for yeah. right now, man, something's something's working here, and this is special, you know? I love
2: it. What's your favorite guitar that you got last year? Um,
1: Let's see. God, you know, I, that, <laughs> those are the hardest questions. You know, like, what's the craziest guy? I'm like, <laughs> what day, dude? Like, tend to, it's insane. But guitar-wise, one that I really... Thought was cool that really wasn't like a massive video, but it was just kind of like we did a video and it was in our backyard. But this guy had his dad's 1954 Les Paul Gold Top in matching app mint condition. And we got a call because he woke up like this is like a few days after this happened, but he calls and he wakes up one morning and his whole man cave is on fire like a uh, chicken shit, shit. wire fence or something he had taken that guitar like out of the man cave that night so we went over to this place in washington it was a couple hours away and these people were so freaking cool though him and his wife both played music together. she's she's like an old folk musician she had a couple of cool martins they're like mid 70s it was like this whole thing about, you know, you could almost, you almost lost something that we ended up digging into like, God, this thing is so, you know, this dad played in polka bands and cherished his guitar, a beautiful story that it almost uh, never had a story. And uh, just kind of a reminder of like things like that, like, God, it would have been such a shame. And that's how you lose a couple, why things go up in value, Dude. but turned out to be a cool story. Iconic guitar an hour away from where we are in this funky little town. And it was just like Barely, barely safe from uh, com- everything in this. Hit. It, it, the cave, the man cave was burnt to a crisp. They lost uh. two pieces. And there's this cool picture after we're leaving, we're leaving with a mint gold top and this little amp. And we took a picture of it, just like freaking rubble of ash. <laughs> and beautiful gold top. And it's like, man. This this this
2: guy's going to be living, this one's going to be living a little longer, you know, which is cool. How How long did that guitar last before someone snagged it? Did you have someone in mind when you, you
1: know, (laughs) oftentimes generally like you kind of know which ones are going to sell immediately. And a 54 gold top is so freaking cool, but it's, it's uh, they, they're not like a, a burst or a 59 strat. They're kind of like, they're not a 57 gold top. They're not. So it went it went at the right time but and we also weren't like when we get these it's like it's kind of bittersweet like sometimes they sell so quick you're like why do we do that yeah. you know it's kind of like kind of like having like an elephant in the zoo having a guitar like that in the showcase so it, you know when we get something like that and we don't even list it we just kind of hover around it and absorb it for a little yeah. bit it's funny the guy who bought that uh joey my, my younger brother actually took a call. A guy bought that and another one that we had. So 254 Les Balls uh <laughs> got a package of Jesus. must be nice, you know. Spare, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, fuck, custom colors, old Martins, Bursts, all that stuff. I mean, it, those are all, there's, there's a line between like the the price tag because that's attractive and like mm. the story, Oh my God, a million dollar guitar. But God, sometimes, I mean, the stories are just insane. I just, there's yeah. a 50-something junior, Les Paul Jr. that we picked up an organ maybe three months ago and, you know, $10,000 guitar, $15,000 guitar, something like that. But dude, this story, it was this guy's (laughs) grandpa and and, you know, his, his dad, his grandpa is the coolest looking dude you've ever seen. Just slick back pomp, the coolest jackets on his knees doing the duck walk with his 57 (laughs) junior. And then the story goes deeper. Like his, his, when his grandpa got it, his mom walked him into a guitar shop. So his grandpa's mom walked him in and had to sign the loan to buy it. Cause he was underage. And she <laughs> she ended up drowning three days later. So this oh, guitar shit. is not only precious to his, his music career. This was like something that him and his mom did. And she had, we had the receipt with her name signed on it. I mean, he, you could tell this guy cherished it for his entire life. He kept it until he passed away, gave it to the grandson, and obviously, you go, oh, why? You should have kept it in the family. That's what everybody says, right. man. People don't know shit. Like you, you yeah. got wrong with your family. Nobody's playing it. He's respected. Yeah. Love it. It's time to move, move something like yeah. that on, like you, yeah. you know. And and we eventually found a really cool home for it, but it just kept on getting deeper and deeper. Yeah. It wasn't a crazy expensive guitar, but
0: so. no. But that's the cool thing. I mean, dude, I think it's so to hear you talk. It's just cool that when you were young, you kind of got bit by the bug of all these cool old guitars and you, that was kind of in your sights, you know, that you wanted to do that and you've achieved that. But, you know, as guitar players, we all know the cool thing about all this gear is the stories behind it, man. You open, you crack that case open. You can smell the clubs, you can smell the history. You can smell the must and the mold and shit. For me, like the content you guys create, that's what I, it resonates so powerfully is a, you guys are just salt of the earth, cool people who come from a human place you know you're just good humans and then you're passionate about this gear and so that comes across and like i said i mean i've been moved almost to tears to at some of these stories just watching them and it's just it's 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 fucking amazing dude but um uh, a question I had, I don't know, switching gears a little bit, but um, yeah, yeah, talk about off. how competitive it is. How competitive is it now? Because it is a huge, the vintage market's huge and there t- we all know there's tons of shops around, but how competitive is it for you guys? And like, how much of an edge is it too that you guys have such a good rep in terms of being such cool people to work with? It's a
1: great question. So A, when COVID happened, everybody in their grandma has a guitar shop. Now they order some right. t-shirts, you, can't see, and, you know, and like, you know, I've been hunting guitars grassroots forever, and word of mouth in the right circles. And I truly feel like we're in our own thing. I I honestly That's feel cool. like we run the coolest shop in the world, man. I've been to all yeah. of them. I pull it where our hearts out I know. Yeah. And I kind of like um, I like going a little bit under the radar. Every obviously, we're every, like our optics are bit are big, uh-huh. but. A lot of these, a lot of our big clients, dude, they're, they're sensitive clientele. So I can't say, ah, blah, blah, just bought sure. this Dude, like I said, I've been doing this so freaking long. I've <laughs> seen all the mistakes that everybody's made. Uh, and you know, everybody makes mistakes. I stay in my own lane, man. And I I feel like there's, everybody can eat. You know, if That's you get tired, awesome, you're trying to be a gatekeeper and it's really, it's really not good for anybody. If yeah. that guy's selling a bunch of guitars, that's good for me, man. Yeah. I want them to be hot. Like I want guitars to be excited. I feel like these younger guys are strong advocates. One thing that's been interesting to see over the last couple of years is kind of the change of the guard. You know, if I was 18 years old selling like a burst and shit, which uh, is kind of, kind of crazy at the time, these guys were going, wow. Okay. Then all <laughs> of a sudden 35 I've taken, you know, I've t- absorbed a lot of their clients also sudden, these old, older, it pisses some of these shops off, you know, and I just, Again, I try to just like dude. I, I try to respect the oracles, even if they're can That's be up
0: awesome. to eight <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's funny because I'm seeing a lot of these guys who are on their way out, these uh, historical yeah. shops that, you know, my old man started his funky little shop in 96. It stayed in the family of taking over this deal and with that same heart. A lot of these dudes don't have that. They're not right. they a piece of them that can carry this on. So they're kind of going. I can sell this much shit for this much. I'm right. five years, I'm out, and nothing's coming back to me. For me, I got a vouch for every guitar because I'm going to be doing this until I drop yeah. dead. So I'll see that guitar again. Yeah. Better- <laughs> and it better Like Right. I'm also just, I'm, a, I'm like over kind of an emotional guy. And I get invested in things. And if I do wrong by somebody or I think something's just, I, I, I won't be able to sleep, dude. I'm just yeah. like, I'm, my, my mom's like that. She'll worry about somebody. Can't sleep for <laughs> a week. I feel like there's this younger generation who have jumped into it. Some of them get it, some don't. Yeah, it's all groovy. Everybody can get a little taste of it. But as far as like competition, dude, I just try to like, I try to change the, like that word to me a little bit. Like, obviously, it kind of you know keeps your edge going, yeah. but it's not all about me, you know. And I gotta like, I gotta also respect everybody else who's kind of in this industry. So. Yeah. But there's times, you know, you're like, you're trying to, you want to sell a guy a guitar and it's, ah, you just, you got this. You're like, God damn. But <laughs> you can't dwell on that shit, dude. It's just like, let's move on. Next one. Exactly. You know? What were you going to say, Chris?
2: There's this rumbling of like the, the end of the guitar market being in sight. Now they're saying, the well, like you mentioned the old guard. And I've heard people say that once these old guard people go, it's going to kind of, the market is going to go away. I don't believe that at all, but I wow. wanted to get your, I think yeah. guitars are like records or something. There's something they're, they're always going to be.
1: I've heard a great question. I Thank you, Chris. Cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's like, there's, there's people who collect thimbles, dude. Like <laughs> you, everybody <laughs> collects something. I'm telling you, I've got guitars. I'm going, why did I buy this? You listed up and some dude in Turkey bought at 3am. <laughs> <Whole month. laughs>
2: You found the guy. I, I'm yeah.
1: going up with a younger generation, dude. And you go, know, people, are, how are they going to afford these things? No, dude, no 18 year old is going to put like a hundred grand down on a, on a guitar. But what happens and what happened to me were my first real nice guitar. I accumulated three tape echoes, this, that, a Dr. Z head, you cash all your chips in, lose a little bit of money, but then get this one amazing guitar. Then you're in the game, you know, yeah. then it just kind of goes off. So there is this There's always a market. Again, I'm 35, dude. I've seen all these kids who are kicking around with digitech stuff and blah. Now they're all of a sudden getting their first like 70 strat, pre CBS. (sighs) So no, I don't think it's done. I think there's. I think people really underestimate the market. And from behind the curtain, dude, it's like everywhere, global. There's like, I mean, people are into this stuff, dude. And again. It's also our like that's part of this whole video thing. Is I I also feel a a responsibility to like continue that and show people why these are so cool. Last bit on that on that because I think it's an important thing too. I saw a lot of guys go, "Oh, wait till there is." I'm not buying anything. The recession's about to hit. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. Let me explain something. This is my theory on that. Uh, And I'm you know I've been to a lot of different cool collectibles, and they're all parallel. What I've found with guitars. I'm trying to say this to make sense too. Here's the deal. Back in 2007 or something like that, when shit kind of hit the fan in the economy, dude, you saw guys bringing stuff in. Like you saw guys bring, I'm gonna have to sell this 60 strat that I've had for a long time, but it was also like 12 grand or something like that back then. This time around, a lot of those have e- have gone into a different demographic. They're not pulling their strat out to have to sell it if it's a bad day in the market. You know, it's like yeah. these guitars, they're in a different place. They're worth a hell of a lot more money. And those guys, like they're in a world where they're not like, should I got to pay the lighting bill? Right. <laughs> they're... I just don't think that's really going to occur.
0: It's well, along these lines. I mean, I love I love talking about this stuff cuz Chris and Chris and I talk about this all the time, but the thing that always fascinates me as an older guy who is a guitar player and who loves all of these old guitars and old stuff, even cars and stuff, I keep wondering about a paradigm shift that might take place where younger players aren't as infatuated with all these old guitars and stuff but and so to me i would love to hear your take on that in terms of a paradigm shift of that right Where just a younger generations of players it's like no i i bought a new strat and it's cool and i play through a newer reissue deluxe or whatever i'm fine but being down at the shop i will say i have seen young bands come in there was this young band from canada that came in all young cats in their 20s and they were like kids in a candy store they wanted to play all the old shit and they loved it yeah but so, so in my mind, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? What, What's your take yeah. on that shit, you know?
1: Dude, I think you had the same idiots buying shitty guitars in the 90s and idiots. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you just have... <laughs> there's just... You either get it or you don't, yeah. you know? And it's, but do you think young players will still... Well, here's the here's the thing, man. Oh, because we've talked about this too. Yeah, are all the '80s shredder guitars going to be the next burst? <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. You know, you can think about like that kind of thing. On like, it, it's a fun thought until you have the two guitars in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love the cool '80s guitar and You're like. Ah, yeah. Okay, like it's it's fun because the colors and it's kind of this butt rocky dripping and hairspray thing. (laughs) If you look at an old Gibson three thirty five, I mean, even if you go, I like the sound of that's great. You're you're wrong. Like I don't want to sound like a snob, but you want as much of you to come through these guitars. So there's something that happens in these vintage guitars up until like sixty five or whatever. When you play a big, you know, a 335 with PAFs, there's a lot going on. Semi-hollow body, big guitar. But dude, it's like, if you're playing through now, it is a tattletale. You're going to hear everything. There is a time where the old wood, the correct alloys, the component drift, exposed to whatever elements, they just get rawr and rawr. It's more of you, man. If the guitar is made from wood, I'm sorry, but older wood is just going to do more. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're talking about these old less pollen stuff. That's old growth wood, meaning never logged. So it could be hundreds and hundreds of years old. There's a thing there versus a new guitar. I think they cut them off around 38 years, is where you like you can you kind of want to cut down a tree. If you put a two by four from you know, an old growth two by four out in your yard and a new piece of wood out in your yard and it rains one's going to look like a boomerang the next day and one is just there there's like there's a thing that you're going to get more out of you there's more swirl going on if you don't give a shit about that stuff whatever that's fine that's where you you get it or you don't and and luckily there's a lot of guys who get it
2: you know right i mean where technology is right now a lot of people tend to watch video like youtube video shootouts you have to be plugged in and in the presence of an instrument like that to get it you know what i mean so You really can't blame a lot of people for not getting it, but Dude, it's such a difficult so right. thing. And people will say, well, the audience can't tell. And I'm always like, I don't give a fuck. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's great that they can't tell, but it doesn't matter. I'm hooked into this thing. I'm playing this thing. It's pulling something out of me. Does so it and, inspire
1: you, right? Yeah,
2: whatever have- it is. And that is you know old instruments have that in spades some of them really do you know and i you know sometimes we have to settle for like i have to settle for like reissues but you find one that has that vibe a little bit and it gets you there and that's you know
1: that i agree with you right there too like there are old guitars that just don't really have the thing there's new guitars you're like "Ah, this has got it going on i mean that's totally you have probably a better shot you know, some older guitars in general than like, uh, you know, whatever you take it out of box, but it, it really comes down to, dude, like you're playing music with it. Does it inspire you? We yeah. just had this conversation on the RV. I brought this, I have a reissue J45. I always wanted a J45. I can't find a lefty vintage one. I bought a, re- a reissue lefty came in and it sounds so good, dude. Like it sounds like a Nashville record. And I'm like, listen to it. it's great for live. Dude, I've spent weeks on the road with that guitar, and I'll tell you all day, it does not inspire me. Like, I have a modern D28 here. I'll never sell it. It's very sentimental to me, the story behind it. It does the Dreadnought thing great. It doesn't inspire me. Like, it, it's a... Uh... Oh, give me one second. You can come in. Right. <laughs> um, Laura's getting home. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that that's a thing, too, man, is like, if, if you really are just looking for something to ring your bell, you know, and well, do something. Well,
0: I like the way you put it. You want as much of yourself to come through the instrument as possible. And these old instruments provide that uh, pathway, essentially. And Chris and I talk about that all the time. It's it's about feel. And, and I think it does translate to the audience, right? Because if I'm on stage and I'm not feeling it with my shit, right, they're going to exactly. sense that. So... All of that shit is connected, so, man. and so, so if true, I'm inspired yeah. and I'm playing some I'm playing gear that I love and, and that I can communicate with, that those the audience knows it immediately. Well, and it's that's the like whole
1: like believe yeah. the singer. You need to exactly. believe exactly you need yeah. to believe yeah. the guitarist too. And and Rick, I think that is like such a paramount thing that you just said right there. Because I have a story I will probably won't bore but it, but on yeah. that context is like, yeah, are you gonna notice like yeah, those PAFs in this big video? Most people not. I mean, right. I, I can, but my wife's not gonna give a shit about that. Right. But but like you said, you back it up. And how does that, you know, when you're playing, you go like yeah. that? Yes. All of a sudden he's feeling like that, you're feeling like that, we feel like that. Totally, totally important.
2: Yeah. That's right. Cause if we did base our choice in gear on what the audience could tell the difference of, it would just wouldn't be I wouldn't play anymore, probably. <laughs> no, exactly <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a pointless thing. And that's what I was getting at is, Technology is not very helpful a lot of times. And this was another question that I have. You can out it's, of art, man. <laughs> yeah. It's because you mentioned the way that you got into this. And it was very similar to the way that I got into it. Like just being like just total nerd, reading everything I could and just like obsessing over these details. And one thing that was really fascinating for me when I started down at Emerald City was actually getting to see some of this stuff after just reading about it yep. and the first thing some of these myths start to fall away you know what i mean yeah. like people will say things and some things you you know you just get to formulate your own view of the vintage guitars you know one of the things that's super annoying right now is the whole relic thing and why every what these guitars are starting to look like and it's like I've seen so many 50 Stratocasters, none of them look like that. You know what I mean? I there's, like, there's like a, got wear in the right spots. You can tell it's <laughs> real.
1: It's like those, like it's like the jeans they give. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they have pre-ripped jeans. And exactly. They like, have a little crotch, like, It's like. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean you know, on, on that topic, like you're saying, you're like one of those guys on the forums going, it doesn't sound as good as my 2001 lesson. It's like, sometimes, sometimes those guys will go into a guitar shop and... But fuck nowhere and pick up a neglected, you know, a guitar with no old strings, actions right, right, higher than right. them. Uh, and they're going, God, yeah, these vintage guitars suck. It's like, yeah. no, nah, dude, you got to, like, I'll come down. I just scored a, a lefty pre CBS strap. Then I had a really good remake or uh, kind of a relic by Eric Daw, one of my favorite people in the world. An amazing builder luthier. He built me a uh, lefty strat, kind of a pre CBS strat. And man, it cool. I, it would be it would kill everything. And I got a real strat, a real '63, and I sat at home. It was when I was living in before we moved into our house. and We were renting this apartment. I didn't have an amp in there, and I played this strat unplugged for like three weeks, and I was just going, "Oh my god." <laughs> like yeah, it, it yeah. kept on so for somebody to walk into a shop for 30 seconds maybe they plug you into a little like solid say custom with a fucked up old you know 1979 volute neck 345 <laughs> like that doesn't that's not doing it what you got to get out of those guitars dialed in and it's con- it's like the living word or something it, it continues yeah. to be appreciated i've been humbled i, I just was with this strat. i just went like i got it and i can flip them upside down and play righty pretty good <laughs> But when I had it and I just sat there, and it was just like, yeah. what the hell, man? I did a similar thing at that same apartment. I found this one owner, uh, 1943 D28, so a $100,000 guitar. I picked it up on New Year's Day with my wife and I, I brought it home and I just tuned it up at the house. And I just played an E chord over and over yeah. <laughs> until you witness it and feel it. And it's like a whole... Every follicle of your body is yeah. like, it rattles, dude. It's, it's a thing. It, it, it is real, you know, yeah. People, all the myths, all the forum trolls, yeah. all the shit say what you freaking want <laughs> until you're in until you're can give something a fair shot or, yeah. uh, and some people aren't, you, it's hard to do that. I get it. I'm happy to show people that if they want to come down and go, t- tell me, show yeah. me what, like what I love doing that.
2: No, this, it's so funny that you mentioned that about that Martin, because the, I think it was the only time that I actually played a pre-war Martin. I don't remember what year it was, but it was a D18. And I was up working upstairs and somebody, it was either you or somebody handed me it because they were photographing it. And I, the same thing, I think I hit an A chord and I was like, oh my fucking god it was like a piano or something it's right it's like everything was so alive i have a d18 now it's like i think from the 90s and it's a good guitar and stuff but it's like there's no way it's not that at all i mean maybe So i'm not gonna live long enough for it to be like that but (laughs) plus it's not built the same way but one of my first real guitars
1: i traded you know traded five shitty guitars and mowed a bunch of lawn was a 88 les paul custom with a broken headstock i could jam i thought it was the coolest thing ever until i realized it, it didn't, it wasn't that great, right? but I sold it and I was like, I'm going to get an R9 someday. I looked around for R9s, but dude, I, I'd heard what Les Pauls can do. And I was like, I'm still looking. I just bought an R9 like a couple years ago. I played it once dude, because I, it's cool. It does it, but I'm like, I'm, you know, I think there's ways I could mod this and kind of get there, but I haven't touched it. And just off the factory, it's, it's a high quality R9. Uh, and it's it's good, but I've kind of been like I've played the real thing, and I'm going. That's I wanted to do that. It's it's tough, you know. Um, On this
0: topic, kind of like the thing that came into my mind too, as you're talking about the. I mean, there's so much. Uh, you know, because sometimes I vacillate between like, how you know, how much am I fetishizing these instruments and how much is my own, you know, romantic idea of them and stuff. But the the more I think about it and the more we all talk about it and we pick them up and we play them and we see them, there's so much about these instruments that makes it all a real thing. Like you're saying, like it's the wood, it's the way they were built. It's the factories that they were built in. It's the way they did all this shit. And put these instruments together that make them so special. And the cool thing about buying these guitars is you're not just buying this item. You're buying the whole baggage that came with this before you bought it. Like, that, I bought that Antigua Strat from your dad many years ago when he worked at Stephen Stringed Instruments. And it's a 70 Strat that people piss on all the time, but it's a cool fucking guitar. Oh. And it's got a cool story about it. And I play that thing all the time. And it's it- like... So that's part of the fun part about it too, is just all the baggage you get when you buy this used instrument that you can just enjoy. And yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah.
2: Well, with that, I mean, a a 60 or a 50s Stratocaster is very different from a 60s Stratocaster in my opinion. And a 70s, Scattercaster, although it's not in the league of those things, it's different and it has its own. Everybody's
1: so the '60s guys shit on the '50s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like, exactly 50s, dude. 50s, 60s on, the '70s. Every, the
2: everybody way. likes to shit. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh totally. God. It's like, it's not um, but I, I for the longest time, I only could find like when I was down there, the only guitar strats that ever spoke to me were '70 strats for some reason, and it was this weird thing where. Yeah. Because I'm like such a, a bridge pickup guy, but the strats that I liked, there was very little difference when you switched the switch. They all had this sound. <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah. 70s. It must be ceramic pickups. I don't know what it was, but it sounded cool. It's like I like that sound. Now I think I would probably appreciate the 60s ones better and then the 50s as well. But it was weird. They, they, what I'm saying is there, there is a vibe to those 70s strats. So, yes. yeah, I could see oh, somebody 100. collecting them. And, like, I want a good one of those because there are good ones of those, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're affordable, 70, semi-affordable
1: too. Seventy-six Strat for a long time. Yeah. Um, I had to sell it to get a, something <laughs> I wanted. It was it had so much vibe, dude. And I you know I always had a, I fought the pickups a little bit. This this one was the right weight, black, big headstock, maple board looked freaking great. You loved playing it, but it had the seventies was a little bright, offensive, and uh-huh. you know, I would have. Yeah. I had it now. I would have switched out the bridge or something like that, but. Yeah. Uh, no doubt it was a freaking awesome guitar. I'd pick up that guitar over, you know, it's imperfections are what draw us to love something. Yeah, yep. exactly. It's why a PRS, it's, great. it's like a Tesla. You're going to get to A to B, yeah. but, you know, if <laughs> your old pickup truck, A to B is a hell of a lot more fun. You know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I found like with those with those instruments, I mean, old wood, hide glue, yeah, nitrocellulose versus... Yep polyurethane which blankets everything you're taking all these all you know all the porous wood and filling all these holes putting a pillow or nitro is just like yeah. i mean and again that that also parallels my my take on just you you're getting more of yourself out of something yeah. you know the more plastic and hyper you know super super gainy pickups and this it's like you know, guys hear a loud guitar and loud translates to good sometimes. And it's a pickup to read, you know. I, I get that question all the time. And sometimes I just want to shut up later. Just <laughs> see, it sounds, you know, you're, you're, it does more because it's not tapped out on volume. And it's like, th- dude, it's, yeah. there's so much. And to each their own, dude, I don't hate on guys who love the PRSs, but you're going to sound like you're playing a PRS yeah. every time because yeah. they're perfect. Yeah. Oh, you know? and that's not fun. You don't want to hear yeah. some guy's, singing the blues playing the blues on a, in a freaking you know yeah brand new tesla it's like <laughs> you want to kind of hear the guy in an old you know model t who broke down the side of the road yeah, you know yeah,
2: so yeah I'm, a, I'm a stickler for for nitro like you said like thin lacquer on guitars but i don't for some reason i don't mind Fender so much because like yeah. I said, the 70 strats, they were like, they were pretty heavy. Plastic. Yeah, they're heavy. Kind of, they're great, though, but they do But their, it's the feel. It and that's what some people, I mean, people will get into this whole argument. You can't hear the difference between, Charlie and, and maybe you can't, maybe you can, but it's like, it definitely feels different. Yes. I mean, that's just then you realize.
1: i saying, like, too, it really, like, when you hand a guy who's plugged into a, you know, whatever amp and you go, here, try this from Brandon, try this from Brandon, it's like, dude, it's, it, that's such a cheap. Like the string life, where's that at? What, what's like, you're you're comparing two things for 30 seconds where truly these are gifts that keep on giving. The the guitars that I've held on to, dude, I've played them like studio, sweaty clubs, bars, alone on the couch, unplugged. And I'm like, I still like, I still every time feel like I'm jumping into this old kind of bucket seat. And it's That's like, so cool. it still is yeah. exciting to me and still is, inspires me. And some of these old guitars, they still have a hundred million songs left in them, you know? Oh yeah. oh yeah. Maybe they're not your songs, maybe they're the next guy, you know? But yeah. it's like you feel something. Like we just want to feel alive, man. Come on. Exactly. Dude, so. but I just just hearing you talk, man. It's it's it makes me
0: so happy because you're just hitting all the checking all the boxes for me in terms of where you're coming from, man. Like you said, like, you know, maybe there's a hundred more songs that are not my songs, but some dude's gonna get this guitar and go, Yeah, and maybe write get a, a bunch of cool shit or just <laughs> or just enjoy it on his fucking couch or her couch or whatever it is. But I, know, I love it, man. And I, I love it. You just feel like you're a caretaker in this this little span of time you have to enjoy this it's shit and help wild. other people it's enjoy like, it. And I just love that
1: they're going to, you know, most yeah. of them are outlive us all. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have two guitar, you know, so brief too. I'm right-handed. I do everything right-handed except play guitar. It is cross cross-eyed bear. It is a love light joke you. on me. I try to use it. it, it there's two things good of it. I'd, I'd be freaking chasing the rabbit nonstop. I'd be a gear freak. My wife would leave me cause I'd be switching guitars <laughs> and refinancing the house. But I also like give me this thing to like, yeah, I can appreciate them. I can play them, but I can't own them. You should own this. So I feel like I, I'm able to find right homes for them. But I have two guitars, man, that one's a lefty telly. It was my dream guitar. It's a lefty telly, one of like three or four I ever made in 52. And then a 61 Strat that was sent to Washington State only two hours from where I sit now in 1961. And I kind of go, I'm going, man, these guitars were made for me in 1950. Like they were supposed yeah. to be in my hands with me I love it, and at the same time i go i'm gonna be bird food i'm gonna be dust and these guitars <laughs> are gonna be in, i hope they're in somebody's hands and he's yeah. like i don't you know want them to be in
2: a glass like, case or something yeah
1: yeah you know and it's like it, it's cool what they will know and what they'll never know about my time with this guitar like the funky bars the you know, whatever, almost getting stolen, almost going, you know, being yeah. a buyer, uh, sitting here and alone waiting for, you know, when my baby girl is born and strumming, oh. it's just like, dude, there's, there's in that same feeling that I have, I also know it's in every guitar in some sense. So I, I try to honor that, you know, and keep an open mind, uh, what's left in this thing well that's Uh, what i love
0: about it is you'd become a part of the story of that guitar man and like like you said i mean you'll you're you know if 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 even a fraction of your story gets told to the next owner that's such a cool thing right like oh yeah man the guy that owned this thing
1: a buddy Uh, of mine said something that i'd never heard before i i really liked it he goes he was talking he's walking through his guitar we go this one is this he has a whole lineage and provenance uh, He goes, this one I don't know anything about it. 1930, 1936, <laughs> 1936 Martin. He goes, I almost think that's
0: cooler. <laughs> that's true. Well, there's that part of it too. I mean, that's, I love that too. I mean, I love that it. it just dropped out of the sky and I have no idea who owned it. I have no idea where it came from, but it's like,
2: it's been around yeah. a long time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah now, it's it, now it. Now gets it's to listen, listen to me
1: like stumble over woolly bulby <laughs> while I'm like, it's oh, <laughs> great.
0: Well, dude, we've kept you for an hour. I there. We've only scratched the surface. Uh, dude,
1: we. I might like, know. Well, the, here's the deal. No, man, we're gonna do on.
0: this. We're gonna do this again because you. are oh, Such. Dude. You're such a fun guy to talk to, and again, like I don't want to fucking belabor this shit, but your enthusiasm comes through in everything you do. I love your videos because you—that's what I get from you—is like you're just psyched about this guitar and you want to share it with people, and I love that. And you know, you know, I love you anyway. I'm I'm done you guys, fucking. Man. You dudes are uh, like buttering I mean, your muffin, but
1: <laughs> no man. Uh, uh, let me butter you all. You all. Let me give you flowers. Right? Butter it up, bitch. I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to give flowers <laughs> while we're alive now. <laughs> uh, Chris, dude, I mean, we like we we have to do another another one because there's so much show we didn't get into yams and yeah. in the repair room. Oh yeah, but... I mean, dude, like and Ricky, oh, we will, baby, Ricky, you're you're a brother to me, dude. You're so such a gifted guy. I love right? you, buddy. Everybody loves you, man. I, I appreciate both you guys so much. You guys are in my mind like the great oracles of like. <laughs> The (laughs) The floating heads (laughs) all right man thanks so much for listening we are
0: proud members of the ruinous media network now and check us out on spotify and apple podcasts and we're going to do this again with trevor and uh keep listening